Thank you, okay, Bishop. next we turn to Nick Arneson. And Nick is an outreach specialist at the University of Wisconsin. He's part of uh, the WEEDS team up there. And uh, welcome, Nick. Um, we miss you, buddy, but uh, I'm glad you're uh, doing well up there and um, glad we didn't have to play Bucky Badger this year. <laughs> hey, thanks, Keith. Can you see my screen and hear me yes, okay? Yes, I, I see your screen. Um, you're a little weak on audio. You could crank up the volume a little, maybe. Okay, let me see if I can help with that here. Okay, so is that any better? That any better there for you, Keith? Yeah, at that level is a little better, yes. Okay, cool. Let's see if I can, hopefully that's okay for you all here. So as Keith said, Nick Arneson, um, originally from Nebraska, went to school there, uh, now here in Wisconsin. Uh, I just want to say thank you for everyone for the opportunity to be here. Thank you, Keith, for everything uh, before we made it up here to Wisconsin and everything here now that we're here. So appreciate Soybean Board and Association. Um, so as Rodrigo said, I'll be talking about the late season aspect, specifically one project that I worked on exclusively over this year. And uh, this is talking about combines. So First, I just want to acknowledge Dan Smith, Nutrient Pest Management Program up here. He uh, was kind of one of the, the leaders of starting this uh, combine work that we've done. And uh, the work with him and the Nutrient Pest Management Program has been invaluable for us being able to get this information out to uh, our stakeholders. So uh, just in general, I want to do a little overview here of uh, what the Risk Weeds Research Coalition is. And that's just a product of what this project is of uh, something we started a year and a half ago and where we're going with it forward. And then why, kind of the rationale why we did this study and then what this study is, the weed seed movement via combines. So this is a study that we conducted over the last year. So just a research coalition, you can see, I'm not gonna go into depth here, but I just wanna show that these are a couple of projects that we've done. And so this all started with the idea of how do we do projects that are farmer driven, uh, problems that farmers suggest to us and that how can we then do research that provides solutions that can be used uh, here and now, as we know that things change so rapidly in, in agriculture and the prob problem pests that we're dealing with. So we have uh, a variety of what we've done has been uh, resistance screenings for different weeds. So we have a big comprehensive water hemp project of Alex Rosa, Dr. Alex Rosa, who had just gotten his degree from Nebraska, just conducted one with Maristail up here. And then we've also had a student, uh, Jose Nunes from Brazil work with Fall Panicum. So we've had a couple different projects and this is where the combine study came out of as well. So if you're interested in the work that we're doing with the research coalition, I encourage you to check out our blog. That information is available in the chat. There's a lot of cool resources online of what we're doing. So, so just to start things off, you know, we've talked a lot about giant ragweed and water hemp. You know, as Rodrigo said, these are the primary troublesome weeds that we're dealing with in Wisconsin. So I just wanted to highlight some things here. And remember, we're talking water hemp. Uh, a lot of what we're describing with water hemp today can transfer over to uh, the same kind of biology as Palmer amaranth, which we know is a, a big problem in Nebraska. So these graphics might be a little small, hard to interpret. I got some bullet points here just to highlight what we're looking at. And the, con the whole take home here is that at the end of the season, when we're in our 
coming into harvest, we know that the majority of the seeds that are on the plants, the standing plants of giant ragweed and water hemp are still on that plant. So they haven't shattered, they're not in the soil yet, they're still on that plant. So that provides us a unique opportunity to try to stimmy that weed seed movement from field to field by figuring out ways that we can get those plants out of the field by roguing them or hand hoeing before we send the combine through or something that we looked at today about if we're getting into the combine, how we can manage that. So another point of reference here is that one, the larger the water hemp plant, the more seeds are produced. And we know how large water hemp plants can get, same with Palmer, but also the regardless of the size, we're still retaining close to 100% of our weeds, our seeds at the end of the year. So on top of that, we're just looking just briefly at seed longevity in the soil. You know, we know giant ragweed is, if you can control it in the first few years, you're not gonna have such a big problem in, seeds uh, survival after burial in the soil. Water hemp's a different story and I believe the similar case with Palmer. So even if we uh, try to maintain and control our weeds on a year to year basis, we still have the seed bank we need to be worrying about and we don't wanna be moving seeds from fields that don't have weed problems to fields that, from fields that do. So, the key here is that we need to destroy these weeds or figure out a way that we can reduce the movement of the seeds into the seed bank. And also if we have herbicide resistance, then limiting that spread from field to field. So here's something we borrowed from Dr. Mark Lux in the Ohio State University, some images here. And this is something about, we just wanna talk about how are the weeds getting into your field and how are they spreading? And so we know that uh, there's a variety of ways that we're moving seeds in the field, some of which we don't have control over, right? Like the waterfowl feeding in and moving, we see some good data showing the movement of seeds with that. But also, you know, up here in Wisconsin specifically, feed, seed, bedding, manure, those are all important. Now, what we're trying to dial in today is the equipment. Now, Keith said earlier, this is the machinery day, but we're kind of skipping that expo. Now, Keith, I want to show you that we're going to talk a little bit about machinery here in my talk. And so we can't put a combine in your shed or your office right now, but I can take you virtually into a combine with the project that we did. So this pictures might show a scenario that you've seen before. Edge of your field, bed of weeds going to seed, you think, oh, it's just a corner, not gonna be a big deal. You go right through it with your combine. Heck, this might be where your combine spit out all that dust from the last year before when you started up this year. Go through it, spread it to a little bit. Okay, it's not a complete infestation. We're gonna handle it this year with a good uh, layered approach program. Next what? some go to seed. Next thing you know, we send the combine through. We got a whole field's worth of, of water hemp or palmer. And I know we've unfortunately have all seen a field at that scenario. So that's something we'd like to avoid. So as I said before, before I came to Wisconsin, Dan and Rodrigo had put together these combine cleaning clinics. So they shared the information I've shared with you today. And then they went through the process of why we should think about cleaning your combine, what you can do to clean your combine and how and what you need to do it and what kind of time and where you should focus. And then they would always end the combine cleaning clinic with cleaning a combine, regardless of it had been cleaned before or not. And what happened is six out of six of those combine cleaning clinics, those combines contained weeds that they found just in that cleaning demonstration. <laughs> So we put together this project. The idea is to look at a couple of critical components based on some of data that's been shared by other extension programs in the past of commercial combines and see where are they hiding seeds and are they moving them. 
So what happens is we put out a call to our producers and our agronomists and we say, please look at these four areas, clean the material. We put together a video, show them what to do. And then they went ahead and we got nine combines with four particular areas that I'll highlight on the next slide. And what we got is a, a variety of size samples and different materials. So we're kind of calling this all foreign material, which I'll reference later. So these were mixed with soil and potting mix. And then we put them in the greenhouse and let them sit and just watered them daily. And then after two weeks, we went and we looked at the amount of weeds that are there, what weeds are there, and took some photos. So here's the four areas that we looked at, the combine head, the feeder house, the rock trap, and the rotor. And so these areas were selected based on some previous data that had been shared with a variety of uh, extension programs that put together of why you should clean your combine to reduce weed seed movement. And then we went and we took these to the greenhouse. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through each of those components and we're going to look at just some pictures because for me and if you're like me, the pictures are going to tell you a heck of a better story than the data will at the end. Because this was more of a demonstration than a trial in which we we're trying to be publication right we're trying to drive this home that there's an opportunity here that we can stop at least reduce some of the movement of the seeds from field to field in our season. So here's a picture from the combine head. And I highlighted a couple of the weeds we found. And just something I want to show you is here in the black, the number is the number of total weeds we found in each of those samples. And then the red is the number of species. So kind of the diversity we found in each one. And you see a wide range. We go from 600 here in one, primarily grass, versus you know just one species, one individual. To take a look at the feeder house, similar story. We're, we're finding a variety of weeds and corn and soybeans. Let's not forget about that too. We are moving and, and technically when you think about what weeds are, we're still managing corn in soybean fields the next year. We're managing soybeans and corn fields the next year. So these are issues that we should be thinking about as well. Now here's pigweed and you could see, you know, this was three species and we had a hundred. There's a lot of pigweed. Pigweed's a really small seed. Rodrigo touched on that earlier. So this is an opportunity here. And then we look at the rock trap. And so same story here, a couple different weeds. Uh, we had some hemp, you know, we do work with industrial hemp up here and, and that's likely cause of that. But we, you know, basically the take home from all this is that there's a diversity between samples, but I want you to want to highlight one last one here on the rotor that this is the only one sample of the 34 that we did that didn't have any single weed in it. So, you know, our methodology is not perfect, but we're finding weeds everywhere we go. So here is just a bit of data that I want to show that we kind of extrapolated based on some other research that had been done before us. So I just want to highlight first on the left. So I talked about that foreign material. So this is what we removed from the combine area. So we extrapolated that up to up to 100 grams for comparison between the samples. And far and away, the combine head is just where we're getting the most weeds. And that's what we're seeing the raw data as well. And you're seeing that the, the top is going to be a combine head and feeder house. Now, if we take it over here, and this is data that we took from Hannah et al, 2009, and this is where they looked at the grain residual and time requirements for combine cleaning. So they cleaned five combines 
took an average of the amount of foreign material they're getting from areas within those combines and then how much time it's going to take. And what we found with our data with extrapolation from theirs is that again, this combine head is, is going to be the big driver for where we're going to find our weeds. So that front half of the combine. And with what we've seen, you know, the rotor is one area where we aren't as picking up as many weeds. So just a summary, we had almost 100% contained viable weed seed. And I feel like this is one of those things that we all knew, right? And that's why we did this study is we knew there were going to be weeds in the combine, weed seeds in the combine, but we needed some data to back it up. As I mentioned, the combine heads contained almost 50%. Well, followed by feeder house and rock trap. And remember rock trap is a few less samples, but still had a fair amount of seeds. So you can see that's an area of focus as well. In general, grass and pig weeds dominated common lambs quarter as well. And we had other weeds, but those are really ones that we know are common problems here in Wisconsin. And we didn't, we weren't surprised to find that being uh, one of the leaders of the board here. And then of course, like I mentioned before, corn and soybeans were found in these samples as well. So that's something we wanna be thinking about as, as we consider whether or not we have the time for cleaning a combine. So that's one of the main pushbacks we get when we share this information in the combine cleaning clinic. You know, we understand that harvest is a difficult time to spare time for anything. And at this, you know, this is something we want to pay attention to and think about, it may seem like a lot of time now but if we spend a little time now, can we share, save ourselves some time and money down the road with taking some of that selection pressure off our post and pre and post herbicides, right? So hopefully we can stop the spread. So we think that in 30 minutes, you can target these four components based off of the video that Dan put together about how much, how you can do this, which I'm gonna share in the next slide and that information will be available. But I think I, what I really want to drive home from the data that we found is just prioritize that front half. If you can't clean your entire combine, think about the combine head and feeder house as your main focus. Uh, once, as I'd like to mention, as Dan recommends using a leaf blower, air compressor, don't, water can make it difficult to get that material out of the combine. And of course, where PPE, ear, eye, and respiratory protection, absolutely important while you're working with uh, materials like this. So what are some of the things you can do to make sure that you can limit your uh, weed seed spread? So removing the fields before harvest, this is something that is difficult uh, to convince someone to do, but it really can help you prevent that spread. Go out and you see some fields going to seed, call up a couple friends and go out there and go out there together and take down those weeds and get them out of the field so that they don't re-enter the seed bank. Uh, you want to go and clean your har clean harvest your clean fields first, and then go to your weedy fields last. Another one that Dan came up with was throwing a bag of wood shavings through the combine. That might be able to grab some of the areas within the combine that are harder to get to with the air compressor. There's a video here that Dan put together about how to uh, walk you through these steps that so you can be available. You can find that through our blog. Additional information that you find from other universities as well. And then a comprehensive bulletin on what we shared today. As I mentioned before and shared the link in the chat, Dolores was uh, nice enough to put some of our resources online and I appreciate that. And additionally, other resources we have. Um, again, I wanna thank everyone for uh, this opportunity. And then 
uh, Keith and all the group and the board and the association for allowing us to come back and do this. This has just been a great opportunity. Um, I hope that this has been uh, fruitful for you. I, I, I do. We, we are very excited to be able to come home virtually at least and, and give this talk. So I'd be happy to entertain a few questions before break, Keith. Uh, I have a question, Nick. Uh, has there been any work done that might suggest a draper head on, on soybeans versus an auger feed is, is different in terms of weed seed collection? Sure. Yeah. So unfortunately, I couldn't really speak, uh, give you a, a real accurate answer to that. I'm, I'm sure that work's being done. And I guess when you think about how each works, you could expect differences. But we're, we haven't done anything specifically. Um, we are doing some work at the University of Missouri right now, looking at header loss, thresher loss, and then going to couple that with work they're doing with the Harrington weed seed destructor and kind of seeing uh, where are we losing the seeds most? Is it going? How how is it going through the combine and all that jazz for sure? That was my next question about the weed seed destructor attachment to the combine. If that yeah, we, we haven't done any work with that, but uh, Kevin, Dr. Kevin Bradley at University of Missouri is leading an effort there, and we're doing some supplemental work just to identify how much of those weeds are going through the combine or getting lost before they even get to the combine itself. Okay, yep. good work. Um, appreciate your contribution to today's program, Nick, and wish you well and stay safe. And hopefully we can come together face to face, to face down the road again. Absolutely, Keith. Now don't go and retire before I can get back. All right. I kind of need to give you a come, come give you a hard time there down in Mead next time I'm home. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Thank you again. Um, we're going to take a break here for uh, about 10 minutes. We'll be back at two o'clock. So uh, another interesting uh, topic we're going to address is uh, related to um, uh, quantity and quality of soybeans uh, from farmers fields here in Nebraska. So please come back and join us.